Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning in to the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 95th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to get into for this week is we're about to touch on last week's pay-per-view for UFC 219. Uh, it's a pretty good card. Uh, we're going to get right into the co-main event and the main event uh, for this fight. Um, Got to get on Khabib, man. That that guy's just an absolute beast, bro. I I know the guy was talented. You know, he had whole issues with uh, making weight and everything. But, um, you know, I guess he got a new nutritionist. And the guy just came up in there and just absolutely dominated, man. I... I know the dude was a beast man, but how he just came up in there and just handled his business with Barbosa was just absolutely amazing. Uh, for him to be the guy like Barbosa, who's not a pushover whatsoever, um, that was just absolutely amazing, man. That guy is going to be a problem in that division. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that, man? I mean, you said a lot of it. Uh, he showed that he's still the beast that he was before the couple issues with weight. Uh, he had a good camp. I saw some pictures a week before the weigh-in where he was already just like, it was like seven to 10 pounds over, which is pretty much right around the threshold that fighters want to be when it comes down to cut the water weight. Yeah. And, you know, he came in this fight on fire. He, like you said, uh, Barboza is by no means a pushover. He's a very dangerous fighter. He even landed some shots. But yeah, nice little leg kicks, him. too. Um, I was yeah, talking about that last through. week, and he ate him and did what he did. Yeah. And, so, and he, he closed distance well. He like, got four takedowns, and when he got a takedown, he controlled it. Uh, it was it was a textbook America made off fight, and yeah. I think he... He made his claim where he should uh, be lining himself up to fight either Ferguson or if McGregor ever decides to fight him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just two, man. Uh, you know, he, he got dominated. He's still my guy, uh, Barboza. Uh, just hella toughness uh, from that guy, man, because he was eating some punches. Uh, had to have been exhausted, man, from just defending all those takedowns and just – dealing with that pressure that uh, Khabib was just putting on him, man. So even though, you know, I'm pretty sure he would have liked uh, to perform better in that fight, man, it just really just shows his overall toughness. So hopefully he can just rebound from that. But, man, Khabib, yeah, I can't, I can't say anymore. That was just one of the most impressive uh, fights I can say I've seen in a little while. Um, only thing I would like to see him uh, finish it, but um, other than that, man, he just looked remarkable. Was landing some good shots, doing the takedowns and everything. But it was absolute beast. Well, as far as the finish goes, I think, like you said, I think that's more of a testament to the toughness of uh, Barbosa. Yeah, because he took a pounding. Uh, yeah. A lot of people turned over and tapped strikes after a while, but he kept trying to work and trying to get out of things. He he was trying to look for. Uh, look for locks to try to you know get a sweep or or get out to be able to get back on his feet, but just Khabib's top game is ridiculous. Yeah, and he he was relentless the whole time. He was landing strikes the whole time. Uh, I I think he did enough to finish most people, but Barbos is a tough sob, and he he lasted through. Yeah, sure. Now you kind of touched on it just a little bit ago, man. With Khabib could possibly fight McGregor if he comes back or Ferguson. Um, you think that should, like, his next fight would be for the uh, belt? Or do you yes. think they should give it one more shot just to make sure uh, with the weight and everything, make sure that's properly taken care of? But you think he did enough? I, I do. Okay. I mean, he he just look, he looked like the, he looked like a, like a top five pound for pound fighter right there. Yeah. Which, you know, at, at his at the top of his game, a lot of people think he is. He showed that. And then, of course, the uh, Twitter spats and everything that happened after, I think a lot of people were salivating for him to possibly fight McGregor. Yeah. So, I think McGregor would probably 
just call in retirement, man, because, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I always question McGregor's, uh, you know, condition, everything, uh, like that. So if he gets in there, man, if he could deal with him just being aggressive on him and everything like that, like he was against Barboza, he's going to give him hell, man. So he, he needs to throw that towel in if that's the case, but. Yeah, that's that's the kind of fight that that doesn't look good for uh, McGregor unless he unless he's able to do what he does and get in somebody's head and make them fight outside of their style. But uh, if if they match up and Khabib does, he fights like that, yeah, it, it's, it might it would be a long five rounds. Yeah. All right, now uh, let's close it out, man. Just talk about my girl, Cyborg. Uh, she went in there and won against Holly Holm. Um, just what were your thoughts on that fight, man? Uh, not really shocked by anything with that one. Uh, Holly, she 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 hung in there, uh, basically like we were talking about with the other fight. She hung in. She she tried to do the best she could, counter striking. Uh, got landed some strikes. She didn't just get steamrolled or anything but i don't think she did enough to win a round yeah. uh and you know cyborg show why she's why she's cyborg <laughs> yeah uh so i guess that was that was the next best try that the ufc could do but it's it's to the point now can we find somebody to give her a run yeah because i mean she just you know, doing what she's doing, man, just running through people. So I think uh, I forgot who um, who it was she was going to be fighting next, but I think they already have her scheduled for uh, February to fight somebody. Um, it looks like they want to have her fight Amanda Nunez. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That that would be interesting. So, um, yeah, you know, okay, yeah. I would be down with that, man. Um, yeah. That'll Two similar style fighters, but yeah. it's just the size difference. I still, I'm not so sure. Yeah, because like I said, uh, and just to be interesting with her too, man, because uh, we kind of touched, yeah, touched on the uh, whole uh, weight cutting issue um, before, man. I would just like to see how much longer uh, she can be able to uh, withstand that because she's. She's not young. Um, she, you know, she's getting up there in her age and everything like that. Just how much uh, will her body uh, to still be able to uh, withstand her cutting all that weight um, and being able to perform and stuff? So, this would be interesting with her too. Just see how that'll be down the road. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Anything else for UFC two nineteen? No, uh, good card. Uh, like I said, really happy to see that uh, Khabib bounced back, made weight, and looked incredible. So, looking forward to see what's next for him. Yeah. And uh, just a couple weeks, man. Uh, Stipe versus uh, Francis Ngannou. So, that's going to be one uh, I'm going to be salivating over uh, soon, too. So, this is yeah. a good one to be checking out for in the upcoming weeks. So. All right, up next, we're about to touch on some NCAA football uh, before we get into the whole uh, playoffs and some of the bowl games um, and whatnot. Me and the crew, we made some predictions uh, before the season even started. So uh, we're just going to go recap over those, see if these guys felt embarrassed over any of their picks or anything like that. So uh, got some stuff I'm going to say, but uh, guys, listen to see what some of your picks were. Um First of all, we're going to go with the Big 12 champs. Um, we, me and Tyler, we both had Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State for the championship with Oklahoma winning. Uh, Darnell had Oklahoma versus Kansas State with Oklahoma winning. Uh, for the Pac-12, Tyler had USC versus Washington. And I had USC versus Washington as well. I had Washington winning, but Tyler had USC winning. And Darnell had Stanford versus USC with USC win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For the ACC, uh, we all had Florida State winning. Um, 
preseason, mind you. Yeah. Nobody knew that they would lose a quarterback and lose all talent after that. Yeah. Um, Darnell had, well, yeah, Darnell and Tyler, they both had Florida State versus Virginia Tech. And I had the U uh, versus Florida State. For the Big Ten, we all had Ohio State versus Wisconsin with Ohio State winning. SEC, uh, me and Darnell, we both had the national championship game, uh, Georgia versus Alabama, uh, with Alabama winning. Um, and Tyler had Florida versus Alabama. Now, for the interesting part, yeah. <laughs> for uh the playoffs we all made playoffs picks so just listen to these um we all have florida state in the playoffs so but oh. <laughs> uh tyler had bama ohio state florida state and usc uh the championship game he had alabama versus ohio state with alabama winning and uh, just to, uh, just real quick, we all said that there was not going to be an undefeated team, um, in the season, uh, in the football season. So, uh, in the playoffs. So, and, right um, yeah, we were right on that. Yeah. yeah. Darnell had Alabama versus Florida State, Ohio State and USC. He had Alabama versus Florida State, uh, for the national championship game. And I had Alabama versus Florida State too with Bama. Ohio State, Florida State, and Washington in the playoffs. And just for to have our number five team um, at the end of the season, a team that would have been left out, Tyler had Oklahoma State. Uh, I had Clemson, and Darnell had the Badgers. So, huh. yeah. Okay. Pretty so, close. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's respectable. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, guys, just what were you, like, any, you guys felt embarrassed on any of the picks or, like, yeah, how did you just feel about the, you know, hearing? I don't think any of us could really feel too bad about picking Florida State. I mean, they had, you know, all the preseason hype and everything. Then Francois goes down, what was that, the third or fourth quarter of that first game? And like Darnell said, everything went wrong for them. They turned to a train wreck. Yeah. They lost the ability to play defense, and yeah, and they couldn't produce anything offensively, so it made it even harder. But yeah, I mean, of course, it looks terrible when you think about the the way the team turned out. But but no, I don't. I'm not embarrassed by it. Yeah, I mean, I, at least at, yeah. at least the majority of the teams we picked made it to New Year's Six games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, true. Now, uh, we're just about to get right into our squads, man. Um, just how did you guys feel about your teams during the, um, bowl season? Uh, I know Darnell, you should be pretty happy, man, but, Ty, uh, yeah, how you guys feel? <laughs> uh, I'll start this one off so we can end on a high note, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not going to win a game when you turn the ball over five times in one half, uh, especially when that half is the second half. Uh, just, Michigan just wasn't sharp. They looked poor. They couldn't really do a whole lot. Um, but I also think it kind of really shows Michigan fans where this team is, especially from an offensive standpoint. Uh, first half, I mean, it's not like they were killing it offensively, but they put together a couple nice drives. I think they scored a touchdown in the first half, a few field goals. At one point in the season, I said Michigan's best offensive players are a field goal kicker, and I still think that showed true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the idea that they can't really piece it together. Um, the defense did, you know, a, a f- fairly good job, I would say. I mean, they got burned on one long bomb, but uh, the ball over and given South Carolina short field, you know, I don't expect the defense to stand tall every time on that. Like that's that's just hard, and that's a big ask. So, um, end of the day, they they lost to another team that was probably pretty similar to where where they're at. Um granted I think they should be a lot better than eight and four or eight and five to count the bull record. Uh but I mean I think that just really showed everybody where this team's at. I mean granted I don't think they're at five turnovers poor, but I definitely think they showed a lot of rust. They showed a lot of uh I, I almost don't want to say they showed like a 
sense of relaxation. Like we're on vacation for a bowl game. Um, like I, I, it was, it seemed like it was almost more pleasure than business on that trip, which I mean, I get it if you're not in the college football playoff or a New Year's six game is kind of a whatever game, but uh, they just didn't look like they wanted to be there in the second half and that's where they got beat. So, uh, rebuild, look to next year. Happy for the offseason. This, uh, well, you got something to add to that, Darnell, real quick? Or? Well, I mean, just for that game, I basically saw it kind of as a continuation of basically what the team has been for most mm-hmm. of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. Very good defense. I think the defense played pretty solid the whole time, but when your offense can't do much and they keep turning the ball over, especially in the second half, putting you in bad spots it's kind of hard to win that way yeah. uh and then on the offensive side it's just they they need to figure out a quarterback that's going to be consistent yeah. for them and for as many f- formations and as complex as their offense is it doesn't show oh, uh, i i almost wonder if it's too complex it could be. I mean, I I know he, they want to make it seem like, hey, this is NFL factory. We we yeah. run an NFL NFL pro style offense, which is fine. But if if you have that kind of an offense and you have a you have your head coach is supposed to be a quarterback guru, you pay a passing coordinator a million dollars and you finish the year with nine passing touchdowns. Yeah, I think that shows something needs to be done. So I think Harbaugh I'll, just kind of needs to see that they they have to open up and do something with that offense. I will uh, reference our Twitter conversation where you said you pay a passing coordinator a million dollars and this is what you get. My response is from the Cleveland Browns. What more can you ask for? Yeah. <laughs> so this is what you get from the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just about to ask you, Ty. Uh, about your man Harbaugh, man, just how pleased uh, were you just with him um, so far with Michigan? Yeah, I, I don't think anybody would say that they're pleased. I mean, I think um, everybody's starting to get to the point where the glitz and glamour of Harbaugh's gone and results are what's going to be from here on out. Like, if the results aren't there, no one's going to care what he does, what he says, or anything like that like that but uh i mean if if you want to look at the positive that will always be there is he will recruit and he will recruit well i know i have said i'm you know i'm done worrying about recruiting and it's true i am but it's just the idea that at least you know when you have a coach like harbaugh uh, and i would even say more so than even the last handful of coaches we've had uh he's going to get recruits he's going to get good players to come here uh, it's just the idea of are they going to be able to produce on the field, which is a completely different story. But at least you can rest assured in the fact that you're still going to be getting some good talent. Um, what happens with it when it gets there, like I said, that's that's a different discussion for a different day. Feeling about your squad, D? I mean... They definitely finished the season on a high note. Uh, they beat another ranked team in the holiday poll. Uh, you know, you, you get a 42-17 win. I think everybody goes home happy. Uh, oh, yeah. Defense played solid. Uh, got caught some turnovers. Uh, and Lewerke finished the year with a real good game. <clears throat> throwing, was it three touchdown passes? Uh, the young players, and then, you know, to finish hearing that uh, our our major back is coming back for another year, so we should be returning twenty one out of twenty two starters. I uh, can't be mad at that. Fin- turning a three and nine season to finish ten and three, if you count the bowl game. Yeah. Uh, I guess th- pretty pretty simple in statements there for me, but yeah, uh, can't complain too much about that game. There you, man. Just about my squad real quick to you. Um, obviously, they lost, so I'm disappointed. But, um, you know, coming into this game, uh, you know, you, you talk about, like, your running backs and stuff, uh, like the Barclays and Loves. But Taylor, uh, that guy's just been 
playing absolutely remarkable this year too. So I thought for the U, um, Taylor was going to be the guy that was going to have to be carrying the load and getting uh, the points on the board for the team. Uh, you know, he did get the yardage, uh, 130 yards, but I thought for the University of Miami, uh, there was that was, they were going to have to just really just shut, try to shut him down and make sure that he wasn't going to put the uh, points on the board for Wisconsin. But wasn't really expecting Hornetbrook uh, to put up four touchdowns against uh team known for the turnover chain, man. But they, hey, Wisconsin was playing remarkable, man, and they got the job done. So, you know. And for the most part, the Big Ten played remarkable. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Only Sorry. Hill. Sorry, Ty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I care. I mean, but, but, but I still, I still think it's nice as a whole, you know, the Big Ten turned heads. Um, the Big Ten basically made everybody at least. Let, let me put it this way. Yes, the SEC is playing for the national championship. The SEC has two teams in the you know, in the college football playoff. But I think if you want to look at just like a model of consistency, you have to be looking at the Big Ten right now. I think they are the most complete conference. And I think maybe that's the discussion we need to have. Not necessarily the best conference because the SEC is so top-heavy and they seem to be year after year. But I think the Big Ten is the most complete conference in the country. Yeah, I'd agree there from, like, some talent from and I was I would still contend that uh the Big Ten East is the best division in oh, college yeah. football. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good point, yeah. Got a problem with that at all. Uh just looking at it though, man, you guys just brought up the performance. Um you guys like still kind of feel kinda of mad or disappointed that they didn't have a team to represent the Big Ten in the uh playoff. It's kind of hard for me to go that far just because of, like, I know everybody's argument was Alabama versus Ohio State. And Ohio State did play great. They they housed USC. They showed that they would have been, like, I would have been fine if they got in. Like I said, when we, when we talked about it, I would have been fine with either decision. But Alabama handled Clemson, so... It's, it's it's not like they were a fluky team went in and got just bounced out. Yeah. They they didn't let Clemson do anything. They bottled them up, and the game was pretty much never in doubt, even when it was close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so yeah, I'm I'm glad uh, the Big Ten represented to show like you got to start showing this conference respect. Yeah, we we had the two. Uh, trips to the college football playoff where they got blanked. Okay, that happened. But uh, they they matched up with SEC teams. They matched up with Pac-12 teams. They packed, <laughs> matched up with uh, everybody, and we, we took care of business. So uh, I, think it's, I think it's time to show respect for how good our conference is. At, at, least, at least to that point, I think the Big Ten's season just as a whole at least gave them the right to and I don't want to say like be back in the discussion because I don't think they were ever out but I think it gave them some benefit of the doubt for next season where if there is a a close call between a four and a fifth team and that fourth team could possibly be a one loss big ten team versus a one loss whoever and I think that you know if if we're looking at, you know, possibly Ohio State, Wisconsin, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, I don't, I don't care at this point. I, I think that if there's, you know, that um, between a Big Ten team, and somebody else, I think the Big Ten will, will get that slot just based off of the seven and one conference bowl record. As as long as they can get a team that's looked impressive enough all year to in that fourth spot next year. I'm not saying just because there's a team with one loss doesn't, you know, means they're automatically in. I don't want to play it like that. But if you get a team that can come out of that East side with, I mean, I, I don't think there's a way you can keep them out now. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Now we're about to shift right over to the 
uh, playoffs, uh, the games that we had last week. Uh, first, we're going to touch on Georgia versus OU. Um, not the Grizzlies, of course. What a game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just what, yeah, what are your thoughts on, uh, Georgia versus Oklahoma? Crazy what game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, just weird how that one played out. Very shocked by I mean, that, too, man. Yeah, I thought there was going to yeah. be a little bit more defense, but, uh, you know, y'all go ahead. I mean, it's one of those, like, where you will consider it an instant classic. Like, I'll watch that game if a, if a replay is on uh, ESPN, you or SEC Network or something like that. I, I definitely give that game another run whenever I see it. Uh, but, I mean, just the the swings. You, you get OU jumping out to that early big lead. But how often do you see a comeback like that happen with running the ball? Yeah. Georgia, Georgia did not go away from what they were. They're like, hey, we got a freshman quarterback who, who's solid, but we got we got two horses and uh Chubb and and Michelle. Yeah. So <laughs> they started giving them boys the ball and I mean, even when they were giving up points, they were still getting huge chunk plays running it, like fifteen yard mm-hmm. run here, thirty yard run there. So right. seeing that it was just like, man, if if Georgia can start getting stops it's going to be some pressure on OU, and that's what happened. They they did that. There was some questionable stuff with Oklahoma, like late in the game, how they seemed to take the ball out of their quarterback's hand. Like they they start running the ball when you got Baker Mayfield, you got a Heisman Trophy winner, and you don't start running some RPOs with them or something. Get get them outside, roll them out. But it, it was a fun game. You, you got overtime. Uh, you had you had all kinds of drama, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. great game, uh, especially over the last couple of years with the semifinal games have been. This was a great way to start. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think you hit hit the nail on the head with the assessment of both teams, the ability of Georgia to run the ball, and the inability of Oklahoma late to seem to want to throw it all on play calling or anything like that, but it did seem a little weird that it wasn't the improv of Baker Mayfield that has seemed to work all season. (laughs) Um, But also in the same hand, I think we need to give a lot of credit to both teams and a lot of players from both teams because it just seemed like it was one big play after the other all night long. It seemed like one big play was matched by another and it was... You know, if you looked away, you missed something. It it was an awesome game to watch, but uh, you know, definitely either team would have been deserving to move on. I, I'm not upset with the results either way, even though I thought it was going to be Oklahoma, Alabama. So uh, definitely not disappointed in the result, but uh, was uh, you know was happy to see. You know, the team that hasn't really been a part of the picture for a while kind of get in. It's it's kind of nice to get some new faces. But now at least we have a good storyline of uh, Kirby Smart uh, facing off with a uh, former former head coach. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man, this is a shout out to Kirby Smart, too, man, because, um, you know, obviously I like what he was doing when he, when he was in Alabama. But um, I knew that he was going to turn that Georgia team around, but I was surprised just how fast, uh, you know, he turned that Georgia team around, man. Just took him two seasons uh, to get to the national championship game. So uh, whatever he's doing, he's doing it right over there in Georgia, man. And he's got those guys believing in him and going out there working hard, uh Especially what he was able to do with the freshman QB uh, and everything, so he's handling business so far. And speaking well, of technically him, two fresh, two two freshman QBs, right? Didn't they have to bring in a second quarterback for a while? Yeah, uh, for injuries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, one of them hurt. Yeah, but looking at from he he didn't play like a freshman. He he made some big throws in that game himself. So, got to give him props. I know a lot of the credit went to Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb for the way they ran over Oklahoma, but he 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 slung it when he needed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just for uh, Nick Chubb too, man. For uh, you know, because he had like a 
gruesome injury before, man. And, you know, yeah, one of those injuries that could end your career. And, you know, he's turning, he turned it uh, up to a man and still doing his thing. So, um, all those guys, man, just out there, just working hard. But up next, we'll get right into Bama versus Clemson. Um, what did you guys think about this matchup? Yeah, for for me, I I never really felt kind of like what you were saying about Ohio State there. Now, I never really felt like this game was in a lot of question. Um, as much as I wanted it to be, <laughs> I wanted it, you know, to go down to the wire, just kind of like uh, Oklahoma. Georgia did, but I, I never really felt like Alabama was letting it slip. Um, the, the thing I think I'm most fascinated by with Alabama is the fact that they always find a way to keep you on your toes. Whether it's a trick play, whether it's, you know, defensive touchdown, they, they find so many ways to beat you without it being their offense. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, it, it doesn't matter who the coordinators are. They find a way to get creative. They find a way to tire you down. It, it, it's just, I'm actually surprised with, with how, at, at least I think the play I, I think of the most is when they ran that quote unquote pick play with the, what, defensive lineman or whatever yeah. it was. And they passed it to him for the touchdown. I think that play sticks out because I, I just kind of feel like there were some plays where Clemson, who had a very good defense all season long, looked like they were just getting burned so easily. For Alabama's just kind of all over them. Even though, you know, the score wasn't exactly a huge blowout by any means. You know, it, it, it does seem pretty amazing how easy Alabama can make it look. Sure. You got anything else to add to that, Darnell? Yeah, that was, I mean, that was just one of those Nick Saban specials. Like, oh, that's, yeah. that's the type of game he loves. Uh, like you said, like you said, Ty, it wasn't a, it wasn't a blowout, but it was, <laughs> I guess, if, yeah. if you want to say. Uh, cause like, if you watch that through, like midway through the second quarter, you're pretty much like, okay, this is over. It's not happening. Uh, just Nick Saban schemed it out. He and he, I think he knew there's no Deshaun Watson there now. Uh, Kelly Bryant uh, is a solid quarterback. He's a decent quarterback, but he he's not that special quarterback that they had. So they Alabama they schemed it out where they put it all on his shoulders, where Kelly Bryant was going to have to beat him, and it was. Mm-hmm. That was not a possibility. They were all over him. They wouldn't let him really run or make plays with his legs. They caused two two turnovers from him, two picks. Uh, one to, like you were saying, Ty, to Deron Payne, the big fella gets the interception in a play later. He's catching a play action, uh, play action pass uh, for a touchdown. Um, pretty much after you see that, it was like, yep. Just start start printing shirts for an all SEC championship game. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of those traditional Alabama slow cookers. Mm-hmm. They they put you over the fire for a few hours, and by the end, you're you're well done and and ready to eat. All right, guys, uh, let's just get right into this championship game, uh, Alabama versus Georgia. Um, just what are your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, you know, you guys kind of touched on it before, but, uh, former colleagues working, uh, gonna, going up against each other and saving it smart. So, so what are your thoughts on this matchup? Well, we got an- another version of Saban versus one of his proteges and he still hasn't lost to one of them. Yeah. yeah, everyone he's he's been able to best. Uh, George is probably the most talented team of of uh, his assistants mm-hmm. uh, coaching to come up against him. But there's so much of a mirror image of Alabama. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it. <laughs> uh, 
That's a good point. I'm not, yeah, I, I don't see holes like they opened up against Oklahoma. I just I can't see that happening against Alabama. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I was gonna say I, I think the key is gonna be are they gonna be able to run the ball? Because if they yeah. if they won't be able to run the ball, they're gonna struggle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, I just think this is gonna be just your smash mouth. Like two pro style teams going at it back and forth is going to be a a great game to watch, but uh, I think it's I think it'll be fairly close. But I think I think the master still does enough to win it just off the basis of how his defense is set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the Alabama defense will shine. Uh, like I said, it always it always seems like Alabama just does it from all facets. I, I won't be shocked if we see a humongous special teams play. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if we see a score from all, all three. Special mm. teams, defense, offense. I, I would not be shocked. It, they, they always find a way to at least score two of the three in the big games. Uh, but to me, I, I think it's just a fact that you know, I think Jay, you know Jalen Hurts has been here now. That's huge. This is not uncharted territory for him. Um, territory for probably ninety percent of this Alabama team. Uh, nobody from Georgia has even sniffed this. Uh, it's going to be. I, I think we're going to see just a gem from Nick Saban. Like you said, it's going to be. I think it's just going to be another slow, slow cooker type type game, as you said, Darnell. It's going to be teams, trenches, and who's going to be the team that can just do it longer. And it always seems like that tends to be Alabama. But if if Georgia's gonna if Georgia's gonna beat them, they're they're gonna have to find a way to at least be respected in the run. And I think that'll take them a while to establish. Now. You know, I'm not saying they they can't pull off a long one early while the jitters are still getting out, but I, I think even if they break an early big one, they will still struggle to run the ball for another couple quarters. I was about to ask uh, Darnell, man, you you uh, really trust Jalen uh, this time around? Uh, I mean, I trust him not to like just give the ball away. Uh, he still showed some of the issues that I have with him in that uh in the game against Clemson. Uh, I don't know if you if you guys would remember it, but I think it was early second quarter, or late first quarter. He had Calvin Ridley streaking down the right side of the field and under threw it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. and and let the defender catch up to it. Like it was a sure touchdown, but yeah. he he couldn't hit him. Like those are the types of plays from. Jalen Hurts, where it's like, come on, just if you, if if he was a little bit better at throwing the ball, he would he would be that much more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, but I mean, I think the game plan will be set up for for his strengths. So they'll try to get people sitting down in space where he can throw it, or give him those type of fly routes because his arm is strong and usually he has a touch for it. But you know. Just, it's not always right on target. Yeah, because uh, you know we're gonna, we're gonna get into the picks uh, who we got in a minute. But um, Jalen, uh, he's my X factor uh, for the Alabama team, man. I just think if he, you know, I already know he's pretty good on his feet, uh, just being mobile. But um, just when it comes to the, you know passes like that, uh, what you brought up, Darnell, I just think you know Kirby's gonna Kirby's a smart guy. I think he's gonna go out there, man. He's gonna have that defense um, out there trying to contain him and put him in some situations uh, where they're gonna test his arm. So that's just what I'm thinking. Um, I do think this game is gonna be close, but uh, yeah, I just that's just, uh, Jalen's just my X factor for the game, man. So I I really think uh, this is gonna be on his shoulders uh, to win it for the Alabama team. So yeah, I think both teams they're. Their MO is going into this game is to make both quarterbacks have to beat them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But all right, guys, uh, we'll do score too. But um, who who do you guys have winning in this game, and what's your prediction for the score? I'm going roll tide, 
28-23. Yeah, I got I got Alabama as well, but I'm going to go 27-21. Okay. I'm going to have Alabama too. I'm, I got them uh 24 to 20. So no no barn burners. Yeah, so it's we're going to see, man. Uh like I said, I, I think this is going to be a, a very close game. Uh, it's going to be really competitive, mm-hmm. man, just with these coaches uh, knowing each other so well. Um, you know, I think Kirby's going to be on the sideline and he's going to know uh, what Saban's going to be calling. And I think Saban's going to know uh, sometimes what Kirby's going to be calling. So it's going to be a good chess match between these two. Uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch for sure. Mm-hmm. But guys, um, anything else to add for uh, NCAA, this national championship game, or anything before we move on? Can't wait to watch. Yeah. Yep. Just say, uh, well, why not just give a shout out to myself uh, for beating you, Chumps, in the uh, NCAA uh, bowl game pick'em. So, uh, you know, got to give myself on a, a pat on the back. Uh, you know, I triple crowned it, man. I won the regular season, won this one, and I shared uh the NFL pickums with Darnell. We tied. This was close. Uh, Tyler, you really stuffed your game up, man. I was worried you was gonna actually pull a win over uh both of us, but for the NFL pickums, you couldn't get any closer to this. Uh, me and Darnell, we tied for first place, forty six out of eighty seven, and Tyler made like a crazy comeback with uh forty five out of eighty seven. So. It would have been crazy if we all tied, but it, it, it was interesting. But um, for the NFL, man, uh, we've got to touch right on Detroit. Um, what are your just thoughts? Well, first of all, uh, before we get on Caldwell, uh, just what are your thoughts on this season, guys? For the Lions? Or? Yeah, the Lions. Yeah, I mean, SOL. Yeah. Same old Lions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super disappointing. Uh, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious that everyone needed to slow their roll after going 2-0. and I mean, we saw what the Giants turned into, but we also saw what the Cardinals turned into. But, um, I mean, I believe at the beginning of the season, you know, I, I said the Lions at best will be 10-6, and and they were, what, 9-7? and yep. I mean... Can't say I was super far off, but it's it's the idea that the Lions just need something to change, and it's so hard because we can't pinpoint it. The defense is getting a lot better. The offense is getting a lot better. The special teams is getting better, but it's just is it the coaching? I don't I I don't know. I mean, I think we can all agree in the last two years, Stafford's taken a step up. The only thing that I don't see improving is the run game and offensive line. And maybe that's it because that's, I mean, yeah, you could talk about the pass rush all day long and that's fine. And a lot of people like to pound that into the ground, but I'll tell you what the lions, I feel like had one of the better secondaries this year. And I can't really say too many teams were burning them bad off on our, on our defense. So the inability to run the football is just unforgivable, uh, especially when you're looking at all these teams that are doing it with, you know, at least two running backs consistently where the Lions can't even get one to rush for 100 yards. Uh, it's it's sad and pathetic, but uh, yeah, I and as in terms of the season, like like Darnell said, it's the same old Lions. I mean, Rodgers goes down. Uh, I mean. Technically, a third-string quarterback's the starter now for Minnesota, and they blow past you in the division. Just awful. Just absolutely awful. Yeah. Uh, Ty hit on a lot of it. There's some good spots. There's some bad spots, uh, uh, specifically the the running game. Like you said, that that has to be what they're looking for coming into this offseason, whether they can get a reasonable free agent or go ahead and draft from this crop that should be coming out uh, in the draft this year. But, but yeah, uh, as, as far as their season goes, this was definitely just 
the Lions. They they stay close enough in the playoff hunt to keep the fans interested. And they stab you in the heart just when it's about time. Oh, yeah. And that was just an, another season of that happening. So, but I guess at least it came to a point where the upper management is looking like they want to actually start making some changes now. Um, Now, in all sports, you know, whenever, you know, teams not performing well, it seems like you always got to point the finger at the coach and fire the coach uh, in most cases. Um, Just what do you guys think about this whole Caldwell firing? And uh, in your opinion, um, how much was he to blame uh, for the Lions? success will success or just failure this year i think i mean outside of the personnel issue which is like basically the running backs like we said otherwise you you have to heap it on the coach then you would hope your coach is worth hitting you a couple extra games by their ability to scheme things or make good decisions but the Coaching was a little bit of a detriment to the Lions at, at some points this year. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think I brought it up our last show, but uh, if if you have a coach that doesn't see your team is on defense and you only have nine players on the field, hmm. that's a big problem. <laughs> uh, like somebody, you should have somebody there counting to eleven every play to make sure something happens. I know every now and then you see. 10 on the field, I guess, or you get an extra man on the field, but you, you're playing minus two. Like, this ain't hockey. Nobody was in the penalty box. Yeah. So, I, I think, like, pretty much after that happened, I was like, okay, I'm pretty much done. Like, this guy needs to be gone. I know I know the forwards loved him. Uh, and yeah. Caldwell's a nice guy. Uh, personally, he seems like a great guy, but it's, he he doesn't have the right type of mentality to be a head coach. It doesn't seem uh, being a coordinator, quarterbacks coach, something like that. By all means, but but uh, he just doesn't seem to have it as far as being a head coach. He he doesn't he doesn't have whatever that it quality is to cause the buy in that you need from players to feel like they can beat anybody. Yeah, I agree with everything you said for sure. You know, and, and two two more points that I would even add on to that, uh, especially moments that definitely stuck out to me this season. Uh, the first one being when uh, the Lions had a definite heartbreak loss to the Falcons this year. Uh, I, I just won't forget when the refs came over and explained that they're calling – or they're reversing the call of touchdown. Yeah, his reaction. Because, yeah, because yeah, Golden Tate was down by contact. He kind of stood there and was like, oh, okay, I guess we lose. <laughs> Dude, like, fight for your players. Fight for your franchise here. Like, I'm not saying, you know, get ejected or anything like that. But you should be in somebody's face over that. Like, you're allowing yourself to be a doormat. Get in somebody's face. Take a fine. And then maybe you get the benefit of the doubt next time. Like you, you, it it just baffles me that he stood there and was just like, "Oh, okay, you know, I guess he was down." And if that's the call you're going to make, then that's the call you're going to make. Like, if you believe that Golden Tate scored a touchdown there, fight for Golden Tate and at least let him, you know, feel like you believe he scored. Whether you actually want to believe it or not, I, I don't know. Like that that moment was just so bizarre to me. I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen a coach stand there and take the difference between a win or a loss as calm as he did. Uh, that that was definitely one moment this season. The second one would be week week 17 against the Bang or week 16 against the Bengals. Season's on the line. Season is on the line and we throw a long pass to Golden Tate. Very iffy as if it were a catch or not. And he doesn't even throw the challenge flag. Um, your season's on the line. 
give your guys every opportunity. Let the refs look at it longer. Let New York look at it longer. Like ruled incomplete, and he was like, oh, "Okay, guess it was incomplete." Like I don't care if you see it on the on the big board and you think it's incomplete, throw the challenge flag and let them like confirm that it's incomplete. Like, what? Well, once again, that's just another situation of fighting for your players. Season's on the line. I mean, granted, every week season's on the line to a point, but, you know, at least every game counts. So give give your guys those opportunities. Throw the challenge flag when you need to. I don't even think Caldwell knows how to use the challenge flag. I don't even think he knows what it means. He's had multiple issues with the challenge flag in his tenure with the Lions, but I mean, it, it just always seems like at the worst possible time, he has the worst possible reactions. So I'm okay with him gone. I'll just uh, be excited to see what happens next. All right. Anything else to add to that, Darnell? Nah, I think we pretty much covered all the pitfalls of Caldwell. All right. Okay, up next, uh, we're about to touch on another hire is uh, John Gruden. Um, these guys, what are your thoughts on this hire? Is is that official? Uh, it seems like it's like the worst kept I, in football right now. Yeah, I know. I know it's like basically a done deal is what they're saying. I just don't know if it's official or not. Yeah, no, like they haven't introduced him as far as I know, but I mean, from basically well, what everybody is. Yeah, well, it's saying he's already like gonna hire. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. basically so, a team. Yeah, so I guess yeah. so. Yeah, our so, R.I.P. Monday Night on, Football on the, on the alleged <laughs> hire. I guess we'll say now then. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's big news. Uh, I'm not sure really how much better he makes the Raiders or not. Is he still the same coach he, that won that Super Bowl in Tampa Bay? Yeah. Yes, he's fun to watch on TV. He's fun to watch when he's doing the QB camps during the off season. you know, getting excited with players and rallying off play calls, Z-Fire, Thunder, 44, whatever. Uh, Banana. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I'm interested to see if he still has it because it's been, what, like nine years or something like that since he's coached an NFL game, at least? Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, a lot's changed. Uh, it's kind of a different league from from back then. Yeah. So I, I guess we'll just see. Uh, that's that's my approach to it. I'm excited for it because, you know, everybody's been he, – he's been the big name pretty much every offseason for college and and the NFL for any open position. Like, he, he seems to always be on somebody's short list, but for it to seemingly actually be about to happen is pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely exciting. Won't disagree. Like I said, RIP Monday Night Football. First Mike Tirico and now John Gruden. Yeah. But uh, one, I think it'll be interesting to see who they have replace him as long as this deal goes through. Uh, he, he'll he be a tough personality re- to replace on Monday Night Football because I know a lot of people watch it just to hear him say, oh, Matthew Stafford can fit that in the turkey hole. Uh, yeah. But, you know, um I have such a hard time with the quote-unquote sexy hire. Um, watching the debacle of Michigan football, not being able to overcome obstacles. Um, I wonder if John Gruden being a hire is going to be nothing more than a sound bite. Uh, is he going to be able to produce? Is he going to be able to, you know, get the Raiders over the hump of the AFC West? Um, I don't know, uh, and it's going to have to be something that we'll have to keep an eye on, and definitely excited for it. I'm, I'm not saying you know it's going to be a bad hire or anything like that. I, I just, am, you know, we see the as of late teams hire big name coaches, and nothing comes of it. So, uh, I, as most things, it'll take time, but uh, 
it'll be fun. It'll be good to get him back on the field. Uh, it'll, I, I'll miss him on Monday Night Football. I always enjoy at least hearing what he has to say. But uh, in terms of the hire for the Raiders, I don't know that there's really a name out there a lot better than John Gruden. I mean, you could probably argue that there's some names out there better than John Gruden just based on the fact that, you know, they're still in it. They're still in the coaching game, and Gruden's been out for so many years. Um, but definitely excited for it. I, I think it's a good hire, as like like we said, as long as it goes through. So uh, it'll be exciting. It'll be fun. All right. Uh, now we're about to just touch on this wild card week, um, guys. What are your thoughts on these uh, games for the week? Well, we got some interesting matchups. I think I think each game should be a good one uh, to watch. I don't, I don't. I'm not saying any of them have a whole lot of like blowout potential where somebody just doesn't show up. Uh, I, I like the matchups: Chiefs and Titans. Uh, the the Chiefs have been kind of up and down all year, kind of similar to the Titans. So I'm looking forward to that. You got the Falcons trying to see if they can get over the the hump and try to make it back to the Super Bowl, but playing against a Rams team that uh, kind of mirror my my college football team were terrible last year, and now they're world beaters. It uh, looks like, and then even that Bills Jags game is kind of interesting to me because mm-hmm. you know the Jags are kind of. They're kind of like that old school Ravens team that won the yeah. Super Bowl, and that they're going to the Super Bowl. But they have that that defense is lights out, and you know they got a quarterback that's questionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, at times, they won't let him throw the ball because he's liable to give it away. So, and and, and they have a stud running back. So, a lot, a lot of similarities there. And then you got the Bills, who have just been that secretly decently good team that <laughs> is just weird to say about Buffalo because they've been kind of terrible as of late. And then, then you got the the conference matchup basically with uh, the Saints and, mm-hmm. and Panthers uh, or division matchup, I should say. So uh, they, they should be well aware of each other and tendencies and everything, and we should have another solid game there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the matchup that I'm most intrigued by is definitely Falcons Rams. I think we, we're seeing two very similar teams. Both teams play fast. Both teams, you know, can move the ball in a in a multitude of ways. Gurley and Freeman, uh, definitely. I think we would all agree Gurley's the better back, but very similar. Uh, very similar players, similar styles. Can both catch. Can both run. You know, quarterbacks, uh, Goff's kind of having an up year. Ryan's kind of having a down year. But even their defenses play pretty similar. They play fast. They play physical. Um, you know, where I think the Rams are a little bit more of a complete team. For some reason, I kind of like the Falcons in this matchup. Um, I'll, I'll pick the Rams to win it, but for some reason, I like the Falcons. Um, I, I, I don't really know what's kind of leaning me towards them, but, um, you know, experience is going to be a big factor for the Falcons there. But, uh, you know, I think Darnell hit some, hit some good points in some of the other matchups. The Chiefs have been up and down, but I think they have enough to win that game. Uh, Panthers Saints will be a fun game just because this will be the third matchup for them and, uh, exciting teams to watch, good names to keep eyes on. Uh, with that one, but in terms of the Bills and the Jags, just two teams where we don't really know what we're getting. The Jags have had a real solid season, very solid defense. Uh, one of the better defenses in the NFL this year, which we haven't been able to say about them, like, ever. But, um, well, at least since, like, they first came in the league, or they made the playoffs in, like, 2001 or something like that, but anyway. Um, I like the Jaguars. Um, very rocky to start the year. Picked it up late. 
Um, they still don't really have anybody to throw the ball to, but, you know, Leonard Fournette's kind of the first and second option of that offense anyway. Um, the Bills don't have a lot going for them either offensively outside of their running back. So once again, we kind of got two teams that love to play defense and have a good running back. And that's just about it. So, um, some good first round matchups, uh, opening weekend for the playoffs should be, should be fun. Uh, I think the NFC games intrigue me more than the AFC games, but the most interesting game of the weekend would definitely be Bills Jags. All right, guys, uh, just to close this out, man, uh, if you were to make your predictions today, who do you have in the Super Bowl? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Saints. Hmm. Yeah, I've... Oh, jeez. I've thought about that big time. I do like the Saints, man. Yeah, I, I believe I texted that to some people uh, last week, so I'm... Uh, the Saints Saints have been a pretty complete team this year. I just don't know if the Patriots will be able to hold on, but I don't I don't really see anybody beating them. Um, yeah, I'll do it, Pat's uh, Pat Saints. All right, kind of feeling What's a yours? rematch, uh, Pats and uh, Falcons. So I don't know. I think. I think the Falcons will get a run in there, man. And I, this, this is going to be a tough test for them against the Rams uh, this week. But if they they could uh, beat them, man, I, I think they got good momentum uh, going into there. So they they got the experience, that's for sure, man. So they could get past the Rams. I, I really think they could do it. So, but uh, you know, Ty, you just mentioned um, who you think would be the biggest threat to the Patriots. Well, yeah, who do you, who, who do you uh, both yeah. of you guys I think would be the biggest yeah, threat to them? Probably the Steelers. So, um, as long as AB, as long as AB can be healthy. Okay. I mean, the the Patriots' weakness this year has definitely been their defense. Uh, they they give up a lot of a lot of yards, but they don't give up a ton of points. Uh, so I definitely think where you can get a team that has, you know, three solid receivers and Bryant Brown and, uh, Smith Schuster, um, then you got Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. I think that's th- those four offensive weapons are one of the more dangerous arsenals in the NFL. I, I actually think the biggest threat in the AFC portion of the playoffs would be the Jags. I think that's the mm. scariest one to play just because of that defense. Mm. Yeah, uh, I they, won't disagree. If they could slow the Patriots down, I do think they have enough with Fournette and if, if he can get going and give Bortles some easy throws, I, I think I think they could be a scary proposition to go against just because that defense is good enough to keep the Patriots at seven to ten points, honestly. I I, I have that much respect for them. Hmm. But uh, I think otherwise, I think the biggest mat, best mat, worst matchup for them would be the Saints just because of how balanced they are. Uh, they have those two backs that control the clock. Drew Brees is still playing at an elite level. Dude completed 72% of his passes this year. Uh, and that defense has stepped it up a lot. Yeah. Be interesting to see for sure, man. So, uh, you know, see if uh, Brady can pull it off again and everything, but we'll see. Now, uh, y'all think the, uh, for the favorite show, I got the Pats uh, winning, or if we got that matchup, I think I would actually favor the Saints for what I call for the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, I would probably favor the Saints there too as well. Uh, I don't know. 
I just feel like the consistency offensively has been there for the Saints more than it has been for the Patriots. Uh, I also feel like the the Saints have just seen more. Uh, like I said, I, I think the Saints are. I think the two most complete teams in the playoffs right now are the Saints and the. But I'm honest with you. Yeah, you said uh, the Saints and who? Rams. Oh, the Rams. Okay, yeah. Disagree with that. All right, guys. Uh, y'all have anything else to um, add before we close this out? No. All right. All right, guys. As always, I appreciate y'all for uh, tuning into the show. Um, you can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube. Just hit us up on uh, Google or that search engine, and we should pop up. Also, feel free to check us out on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. And uh, like I said, I appreciate y'all for checking us out. Um, and we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace.